Hey everyone, welcome to Ask, I'm Pastor Jamie, and in this edition, a really, really important question. If God forgives me for my sins, why can't I forgive myself? I'll bet you or know, you have or know someone who struggled with this, so please stay tuned. Welcome to the Ask series, where Pastor Jamie answers your questions about God, the Bible, and your life. You can submit a question from our website, cornerstonebv.org, by going on our Facebook page, Cornerstone BV, or on Twitter, at Cornerstone BVMA. Remember, if you don't ask, you won't get an answer. So here we are in Ask Again. I'm Pastor Jamie, we're at Cornerstone Church, and this is where you ask questions and we answer them. So all you have to do is go to our website, cornerstonebv.org, and go to our media page, Ask page. You can submit a question uh, and leave your name or not, and all of these questions we're answering uh, all of these weeks, uh, pretty much anyway, occasionally I throw in in myself, but for the most part, are by you. So any question, it can be a Bible question, it can be like what we're about to do, something that's more like emotionally related, or it could be about life. Please, the more you ask your questions, the more people get to hear those answers because they have the same questions that you have. And uh, boy, you ask good ones, including this first one, which I already mentioned in the opening. Um, and, and, and this is very common that we all experience this at some point in our life. And that is, even though if we're a Christian, so again, you've put your trust in Christ and he's died for your sins and that you're forgiven, you're going to heaven, that he has done that. And that when we believe that, but at the same time, man, we have done something in our life or we have messed up in some way. Maybe it's more recently, maybe it's way in our past. Um, and, and so even though we kind of understand in our head that God has forgiven us, it's really hard for us to understand in our heart that we are truly forgiven and we can't even forgive ourselves. We just keep going back to it. So maybe you can relate to that. I'll bet you can, or at least a lot of you can. Um, and so, uh, that, again, the question is, if God forgives uh, me for my sins, why can't I forgive myself? And, and, and it really is a common problem. Here's what I think is probably happening in general, is you are looking at your forgiveness in Christ as an emotional issue, right? Like that, and you have to remember, it's not an emotional issue. It truly is a legal issue. And I'm not saying it doesn't involve emotions, um, but we, we treat God as if he's a person who we have done something to or wronged, and he's gotten over it, right? He's just said, you know what? Let's get past it. You messed up. You're forgiven. But we always think of that in sort of a reluctant way because that's how we are. If somebody really does something terrible to me, I can forgive them, but man, the residue of that's there. The brokenness of our relationship is probably gonna be take a long time if ever to repair, right? That's not the way God operates because this is not an emotional thing. This really is a, a, an issue of justice. And so you have to understand that God is tr just. So when you trusted in Christ as Savior, he paid for your sin. He didn't just die for you in an emotional way. He actually took all of the punishment. So in a way, you have paid for your sins because Christ paid them for you, right? So God, if he were to look at you as still a sinner, right, or want you to somehow work off that sin, he would be in sin because that would not be just. Because now your sin uh, has been, would have to be paid twice, and that's not right. Your sins should be uh, paid for once. And so when you trust in Christ, it has been paid for. So the Bible is full of that promise. And so from an emotional standpoint, if you're a Christian, you need to stop seeing yourself as a sinner that God has sort of reluctantly said, you know what, 
Jamie, you really blew it, but come on in, you know? And stop seeing it, because that's how a lot of people would be. God's not a person like you or me in that he, he's got those like emotions that come and go and he's reluctant. He loves you passionately, so much so that he sent his only son to die for you. And because that is, you are a child of God in Christ. You need to stop seeing yourself as a sinner trying to get better. Instead, positionally, as what, we, what the Bible calls a saint. I know you don't feel that way, neither do I a lot of days, but that's who you are. That's how God sees you. And you need to start seeing yourself that way, is uh, you now have the freedom to live differently, be differently, and God sees you as differently. Um, what I would suggest you do is perhaps look up Google uh, verses on, on God's forgiveness in Christ. There's many of them, right? And memorize them or keep them. If you're not a big on memorizing, keep a list somewhere on your phone or, or nearby and read them to yourself every day or uh, every other day or something like that and continually um, simmer uh, your mind in that truth because you're your head has to match your heart. And so you have to keep, keep saturating yourself in those truths. What I would suggest you do is be in church um, this weekend. We're going to uh, be looking at Jesus' story of the lost, uh, well, all the lost stories, lost coin, and you know, but, but lost son is the big one. And, um, and that really will speak to what you're, you're feeling, right? That feeling of returning home and, and just be a slave in my father's house because I've screwed up so bad. And yet that's not at all how God looks at it. So uh, be here or watch online and see that. Um, and, and just keep focusing on God's promises. You're not, if you're in Christ, a sinner trying to get better. You're a saint who has the freedom to now live differently. See yourself that way because God does, okay? Great question. Uh, second question today is if, uh, if the cloud of witnesses, um, that's in Hebrews 12.1, there's a crowd of witnesses, are faithful believers, um, so what they're doing is cheering you on as you run your race in, in Hebrews 12.1, then who are the dead in Christ who will rise with them? Now, this is found in 1 Thessalonians 4, right? The, and, and so I think that's the key to your question because you're like, here's what the question's asking. If there's faithful witnesses cheering us on, but... Then in Hebrews, but then in Paul's letter of 1 Thessalonians, there's the dead in Christ rising at the end. How are they cheering us on if they haven't risen yet, right? Where's the gap there? Um, and so you have to look at the context of 1 Thessalonians 4. That's uh, Jesus taught, I mean, uh, Paul is talking to that church because they, were, they believed in the imminent return of Christ. <clears throat> they thought that Christ was going to return in their life, lifetime. So they lived that way. And then believers started dying. And so they asked Paul, what's going to happen to them? They're dead. Christ returns. They're dead. What's going to happen, right? So they were, needless, they were worried about that. So Paul's like, don't worry about that, okay? That when Christ returns, those of us Christians who are here will be transformed, right? So we won't have to, to die that, that death. We're going to be transformed into our new bodies. But don't worry. First, the dead will rise and receive their new resurrected bodies, Okay, but he's not even touching on, okay, well, what about until then? Because Christ hasn't returned yet. And so there's other verses that teach us that they are not just sort of dead and not, not conscious that they are in what's called paradise. They are being exposed to the glories of God and the presence of God. And um, so in that, they can be witnesses as Hebrews 12.1 uh, replies. So they are um, they're present with God right now, those who have gone before us. 
but they haven't received their resurrected body. That will happen when Jesus does come back, which Paul was describing in 1 Thessalonians 4. Good question. Uh, topic that gets really confusing for sure. Real quick one just to finish this off today. Why does the Bible say that God is a jealous being? Right? Why, why God is jealous? Like we're taught, right, as kids that being jealous is bad. So now God is described as something bad. Um, but the context of the word jealous is not always bad. Um, if, you, if something belongs to you and you have a right to it and somebody comes along and tries to take it, you are not being sinful to be jealous of that thing, right? Let me give you a couple of examples. Um, if I find a man who begins clearly flirting with my wife and trying to go on a date with her and say, hey man, I know it's your wife, but, but I'm going to take her out and see where this goes. Do I not have a right to you know, not sinfully start, you know, even though I'd probably want to, but I certainly have a right to say, no, 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 that's my wife. That's a jealousy of a good kind, right? She, and just like I'm her husband, she has the right to do the same towards me. Um, just that probably wouldn't happen, so she wouldn't have to worry about it as much. Um, maybe a less uh, personal example, what if somebody came into your home and just started setting up shop and living there and you didn't even know who it was and you're like, hey man, I, like, I don't mean to be rude here, but this is my home, right? You're in a way being jealous, but it's not sinful jealousy, right? When it's sinful jealousy, it's when I'm jealous of something that's not mine. So if I'm jealous of another man's wife, that's not mine and that's sinful. If I'm jealous of your car, if I'm jealous of your home, now I'm wrong. So God is jealous and it's described as he is jealous of that which he owns and deserves. And that is usually our devotion, glory uh, that we give him, praise and worship. He's a jealous God over those things because he alone deserves them. And when we give our affections and worship to someone or something else, God is jealous because just like my wife, he should own that. He deserves that. And for me to give it to someone else, he has a right to be jealous over it. So it's there to keep, keep reminding us that God is not benign or like whatever. He truly, truly deserves and wants what he deserves, our praise and worship and the glory that we give uh, to him. Okay, great questions. Make sure you go on cornerstonebv.org, ask other questions for future episodes, and also sign up for a service this weekend, um, Saturday at 5, Sunday at 9 or 11. In the meantime, keep asking and we'll keep answering. That was good, wasn't it? See you next week. Thank you for listening to our Ask series. We hope it has blessed your life. You can submit a question from our website, cornerstonebv.org, by going on our Facebook page, cornerstonebv or on Twitter, at CornerstoneBVMA. Remember, if you don't ask, you won't get an answer. You are welcome to join us on a Sunday morning at either 9 or 11. We are a gospel-centered church where our lives are transformed by the power of God's Word.